praising Jesus is born in Bethlehem kids come up and sing. We're so excited. They've been working for, I think, three weeks now. So they've done a really good job, and I'm just so proud of them. So just worship with us as we sing uh, Happy Birthday, Jesus. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? I can't hear you. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it.
Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Glory to God in the highest. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He is the Lord of hosts and the King of glory. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and he shall reign forever. It begins with, and it came to pass, as the prophets foretold, and in those days it begins with, For unto you is born this day, and it ends with a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's the story of Christmas, the only story that forever changed the world, today and for all time. Will you listen to the Christmas story today? That's all right. <laughs> oh, the story of Christmas. The timeless words are woven throughout all our seasonal celebrations. We hear the story in children's recitations and grandpa's Christmas Eve memories. We listen to the story as it's shared through beloved carols on every street corner. We read the story in cards and letters and even emails from afar. We experience the story through newsletters and tweets. But the story is so much more than simple words. The Christmas story is shared with every tender smile, with every laugh and fond embrace. But most of all, we live the Christmas story and the changed lives that come from knowing the Savior whose birth we celebrate. And this is the heart of the story. This is the heart of Christmas. Angel from God came to Nazareth 
Christmas could really be summed up in a single word, Jesus. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Before Jesus physically came to our world, the heavenly messenger appeared to Joseph, his earthly father, with words of eternal significance. Mary will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. It was almost 4,000 years ago that the Christmas story was first shared with the waiting world. From the pens of ancient prophets, a message from God was delivered to his children. Your God will come. He will wipe away the tears from all your faces. He will come to save you. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin shall be with child, and she will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. This Christmas. 
Shine, for your light has come. He has come for us. This was more than a story. It was a covenant that stretched across the ages between God and his people. It was an eternal promise, first sung by the prophets, repeated by countless generations of God's faithful, then finally whispered in the heart of a young girl. An angel was sent to the small village called Nazareth with words of comfort and expectation. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and give him the name Jesus. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. This is truly the story of God's most amazing love. Oh, praise the Lord for what he has done and what he is about to do. Noel, Noel, all is well. Thank you. 
so the story of Christmas had truly begun. The message that had been penned by prophets was now inscribed on the hearts of a young peasant girl and her anxious intended. The promise that would become the song of the nations was to be played out in the smallest of villages. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Bethlehem, a forgotten town tucked among the Judean hills, was now poised to become the center of God's unfolding drama. Joseph and Mary's journey to Bethlehem had been ordered by an early census, but it was part of a heavenly plan.
so the couple set out on the long and hard journey that lay before them. They only had the light of the desert stars to guide them and their faith. But that would be enough. It led them to a sleeping village, a simple stable, and a manger of warm straw, and the newborn Son of God. that commanded creation had become a baby's cry. The God whose arms had embraced a firmament was now asleep in a virgin's arms. The Messiah has come, and in that tiny hand which grasped his mother's fingers so tightly lay the hope for all the world. God is with us. Oh, but the story is far from over. On a Bethlehem hill, startled shepherds were surprised by an explosion of angelic joy. Glory to God, they said. Glory to God in the highest. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. The shepherds remembered what the angels had told them. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Then they ran to the very place which the angels had told them about. 
This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And when they found that infant king, they bowed before his manger throne. Let us join them there. Let us bring our gifts of love and praise. Let us worship the Son of God and become part of the story.
Many thousands of years have passed and many millions of voices have shared the famous words. But the story remains unchanged. It is as vibrant and alive as it was the night long ago in Bethlehem. It is still changing lives just as it did when the shepherds first gathered around a simple manger. And now the Christmas story is your story. There is a world waiting to hear the story. We have a story to tell to the nations that will turn their hearts to the right, a story of truth and mercy, a story of peace and light. For Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. How shall they believe if they have not heard? And how shall they hear if the story isn't told? So this year, give Christmas away. Go and tell who Jesus Christ is. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns, and glory to God on the highest.
worship the Lord this morning. He's so great and so mighty. God, you deserve all the praises right now. Who we sing of your holy and matchless name right now, God. Thank you, Lord.
You may be seated. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was a writer best known for his poetry. In an age before cable television and podcasts and social media, poets were very celebrated for their ability to entertain people and Henry was considered one of the best. I was raised in a home where poetry was appreciated. I was very young when I first heard one of by land and two of by sea and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and give the command and the alarm to every Middlesex village and farm. Paul Revere's ride, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He was so captivated by the Revolutionary War that he bought the house that George Washington used as his headquarters during the Revolutionary War in Cambridge. Lived there for the balance of his days. For seven years, for seven years, he courted a woman named Fanny Appleton. Fanny, or Frances as she was known, wasn't interested in marrying Henry. And he chased her until she caught him. And uh, when she relented and agreed to marry him, he, he called her his evening and morning star, wrote an amazing poem about her called Evangeline. They were blessed with six children. My wife and I lived in Little Rock, Arkansas for a while. And while there, I became very close friends to a wonderful guy named Frenchie Boudiet. Frenchie was a, a very astute businessman. He was quite wealthy. He, uh, he had a, he was very deeply involved in politics, had a lot to do with the government of Arkansas. And, uh, but his true love was baby dolls and bisque face baby dolls specifically, old, old, old baby dolls. And he had, he was a master of these things and he had this antique store. And I was in his store one day when they delivered this elaborate series of drawers, a chest of drawers from France. He had bought it on an auction. He was so excited about it. And uh, I was there when they were taking the drawers out of this chest of drawers. And I, I asked him, Frenchie, why are you doing this? He said, oh, Harold, you never know what you're going to discover in these chests. And he took out the drawers and then turned them over. And on the bottom drawer was this old, old envelope that had a very elaborate red seal on it with an, a, a very articulate N. He very carefully took a knife and didn't want to break the seal but slid his knife underneath of it and opened that package and in that envelope was a lock of hair. It didn't mean anything to me but Frenchie being who he was knew exactly what he had. He had a lock of Napoleon Bonaparte's hair. And that seal turned out to be the royal seal from, from the king. I didn't realize it, but back then, it was a, it just 
So many people took locks of hair. Parents did it. Fanny, as the custom was, was putting locks of her children's hair in envelopes, sealing them with wax. And the candle fell on her dress. And instantly she was ablaze. Longfellow was asleep and he jumped up, threw everything that he could on his blazing wife. But he realized he wasn't going to put it out, so he tackled her and he smothered the flames with his own body. He sustained so many third degree burns in trying to extinguish the, the fire on his wife that he was not able to attend her funeral. Right after that, this is right during the horror of the Civil War, and in 1863, his oldest boy snuck out of the house and boarded a train and joined the Union Army in Virginia. His name was Charles. Charles got sick in the early summer of 1863, and it was fortuitous for him, of course, because he didn't have to go to Gettysburg. But by November, he was mended up well enough to be back with his regiment. And at a very, just a, a little known incident that's a skirmish known as the Battle of Mine Run, Charlie Longfellow got struck through the shoulders. The doctors wrote a letter to his dad, your boy, you need to come, this is serious. When he got there, they told him, your boy's probably going to be paralyzed for the rest of his life. So it took a long time, of course, to get him from Virginia back to Massachusetts. But he got him there, and it's Christmas time. And he's doing his best to take care of his boy. He's a 56-year-old widower with the responsibility of raising six children now facing the prospect of his oldest son being paralyzed. And he wrote about his despair and all of the worry that came on him on Christmas Day. And he said while he was sitting at his desk writing, the carolers came out in front of his house and began to sing the song about peace on earth. He wrote how the world was so full of injustice and violence that to him it seemed like it was mocking this optimistic outlook that this song that they were singing. And while listening to these people sing and in that bleak despair in his life, he said, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. It's a song now, but if if you've heard it, it begins with, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The last two stanzas of the song say, and in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song 
of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor is he asleep. The wrong will fail and the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And today, you and I find ourselves in a country and a world as divided as it was in 1863 with the threat of another virus variant and a host of other blights and battles. I understand the courage that it took and the faith for Henry Longfellow to say, I did just hear the voices of despair. I heard the bells and the Lord is still on the throne and he will prevail. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to receive a Christmas card possibly that'll say this, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and thou shalt call his name Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. I would remind you before they sing this last song, there's a lot of difference between a prince and a king. A prince is simply a king in waiting. A prince is a king that hasn't been crowned. Jesus Christ is a prince still to many people. But I challenge you today to make him king. I challenge you to put him on the throne of your life. I would like to be optimistic, and I can in regards to the word, but I can't in regards to this world. Because if you don't serve God, it's not going to get any better. But the Bible said of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Which means if you'll let him and govern your life more and more, he promises that as you put him on the throne, he will put more peace in your life than you've ever known. And there will be peace. Let's stand up all across this place. We're going to finish this with our last song called Let There Be Peace. Come on. Hallelujah, O holy night, angels sing on this night divine. Hallelujah, O holy night, let peace come down and shine heaven's light. Let there be, let there be peace. Come on, say. Let there be peace. Let there be peace in our hearts
What an incredible Christmas at First Church. It's just been a great, great morning. But as y'all enjoy what you've heard, not just what you felt, but what you've heard, I thought it would be very fitting to thank just a few people who put so much effort. Uh, first off, I don't give our worship pastor, Draylon Young, and the whole team, the whole team, every singer, the choir, our next-gen pastors, Kento and Bianca with the students and what they were able to do. That whole team's been good. But it's so easy for us to sometimes focus on good you have it when you're hearing what we're able to hear. But how about this band? Did this band do just an incredible job? Woo! Tyrone on the bass! Got Aaron on the drums! And we got Jillian on the keys! Monica on the ox. Woo! And for all of you who don't know, hearing that guitar in the back, that is not a track. We have an incredible guest that traveled from Indianapolis this weekend for, with us. Chad Atwood's in the house! You can't see him, but here's he on the screen. We are so thankful for John Atwood taking the time to travel and be with us. It sounded great. But you gotta give, the Bible says to give credit to whom credit is due. I don't care how good you sound. If we don't have a crazy production team in the back, ain't nobody hearing nothing. You won't see anything. So Jeremiah Gibbs, our director of production, everybody in the back that's made it happen with all the different screens that you're seeing, the words, the lyrics, the lighting. And matter of fact, our production director, Jeremiah, is actually on Romer. He was the guy running around right here. There he is. Hey, we thank you guys so much for all of the effort that has gone on. It's everybody who's participated. Thank you all so much. And once again, thank you for showing up because we sound really good with nobody in the room. So give yourselves a hand for being in the room with us this morning. And to every guest, thank you so much for making today special. So on your way out, there are some cookies. Go ahead and grab some cookies. Have some fun. Enjoy the time you have together. Let's pray real quick on our way out. And let's have a great, great Christmas uh, just here in a few days. Lord, we are so thankful for what you have done this morning. We celebrate you because of the season, God, that we are in. This Christmas season would not happen had it not been for your birth. And so, Lord, we are excited to celebrate and to spend time with our families. So bless us as we go forward. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you Monday night at prayer and Wednesday night at Bible class.